Hi everybody, thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to the All Factors All You podcast. Today we'll be discussing mental health and sleep. So basis of the program again, we want to individualize programs based off their lifestyle and their needs and every aspect of health is important. So physical activity, nutrition, sleep, mental health, uh, limiting technology use and sedentary behavior, as well as avoiding intoxicating substances, they all relate to one another, and if one category isn't doing well, the others will come crashing down as well. Um, And then today we have Andrew again. Thanks for having me again. Thanks for being here again. Um, So today's the last podcast, and the first statistic I'll be starting off with is not all Americans are getting proper nights of rest. 35.2% of adults in the U.S. get less than seven hours of sleep, and that's from the CDC in 2017. And then the second statistic is more than 50% of individuals will be diagnosed with a mental disorder or illness in their lifetime by the CDC. And two-thirds of people will never seek help from a health professional, and that is by the World Health Organization. Many people think that it's okay to have a mental disorder, um, or they don't realize they have one and they think it's part of life, so they don't end up getting help. So with those statistics in mind, uh, Andrew, how much would you say average you get each night? Um, I mean, it depends. It I used to get less sleep um, than I do now. I probably only got like five hours a night. Now I probably get around six or seven. Um, but I still feel like it's not enough. Um, I also don't have a very consistent sleep schedule, so that might be part of why I don't always have the most energy. And then do you wake up a lot at night or do you just sleep through the night? I used to, um, but I started taking uh, like a melatonin, um, either just for nights that I can't fall asleep or uh, if I have to get up early the next day and I need to fall asleep pretty quick, I'll just take melatonin and it'll help me stay asleep all night. But usually if I don't take that, I'll wake up at least once or twice a night. All right. And then uh, what would you say your mental health levels are stress levels like what kind of emotions do you usually have during the day um right now pretty average nothing super crazy I'm not super stressed about anything um the only thing that really stresses me out is just not having work right now but uh pretty average I think Uh, on a normal week without the coronavirus like when you work school would you say that those levels are different yeah, because my schedule is more restricted and I have to uh, plan stuff out a little better. So that in turn sometimes makes me not get enough sleep. Like right now I'm getting more sleep than I normally ever do. But um, yeah, it just depends on what my schedule is like. So can you describe for us what your schedule is on a normal day versus um, a day now with the coronavirus? Just so that when we go through the episode, we can just have a base of what you're mm-hmm life is like yeah so my normal day would usually be um getting up around 5 30 um to get ready for school uh eat breakfast go to school I would be there until around 1 15 yeah and then I would come home grab something to eat really quick go to work around three and then be there anywhere between uh like five to seven hours and then I would come home eat dinner or I would eat dinner at work it just depends if we have enough time there and then I would go to bed and then what's your life like now 
now, I mean, I don't have to go to work. I don't have school. I just do it online. So I have a lot more time to get my schoolwork done because I don't have work and because I can do it whenever I want. Um, that has led to me having worse uh, sleeping patterns. So I go to bed a lot later and get up a lot later, but I do get more sleep. So I think the quality of sleep that I'm getting is about the same. It's just more sporadic. All right. So as you can see, uh, sleep and mental heart play a huge role in our uh, health and wellness. It's important to understand that getting a proper night's rest repairs the body and mind. This allows the body to function properly throughout the day and have a good mental health. Uh, ignoring sleep or stress or mental health can drop overall health and lead to health problems. It is vital to understand that the recommended guidelines for sleep and to keep a strong mental health. Uh, this lesson will teach you about sleep, positive mental health, and the risks of not maintaining these behaviors or how you want to implement and maintain these recommendations in your lifestyle. So I paired these two together because it's a huge part of your brain. Um, you're dealing with your emotions and sleep, and I think these two are really connected to one another. So I combined this lesson for that reason. So our first, we're going to talk about sleep. Uh, what is sleep and the recommendations and why sleep is important? So sleep is the resting state where the body lies sedentary and the mind is unconscious. Sleep is a critical part of life that helps the body recover and heal. And there is no set amount of sleep an individual needs each night. Night, The recommended amount of sleep determines by age and lifestyle. Um, but most adults need seven to nine hours of sleep each night. There are very few cases where some people need three hours and some people need 10 hours or more, but it really depends on your lifestyle as well. So if you're more physically active, you're going to need more sleep than somebody who has uh, more sedentary behaviors. And then the benefits of getting a good night's sleep and the risks of poor quality sleep. Um, this part, uh, every bodily tissue is connected and affected when an individual is asleep. So neurological tissue, immune function, metabolism, respiratory tissue, and disease resistance are all influenced by a proper night's rest. So everything's connected. You're repairing your body during sleep. So it's really important that you get your recommended amount of sleep because this is where your body resets for the next day. Uh, poor sleep quality or lack of sleep can lead to health problems including heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, or obesity. So really sleep is very important and it's not something you should just blow off because, oh, I can be awake longer and get things done. Like You should really take time to get your proper amount of sleep and have good sleeping patterns. So you're going to think about your sleep quality now. Um, you're going to recall the sleep time or quality and determine if you experience any positive or negative about your body, your mindset, and then um, we'll talk about it. So just say, I like think about if you had a bad night's sleep, how you felt during the day, or if you had a good sleep, how you felt, if you woke up a lot, those kind of things. All right, Andrew, so what did you come up with? Okay, so um, for a poor night's sleep quality example, I would have to say when I used to work for a company, um, 
that I had to unload truck shipments. I would end up going to bed at probably 10 or 11 at night and being stressed that I needed to fall asleep because I had to get up at like 3.30 in the morning to be at work by 4.15. And it's kind of counterintuitive, but you're stressed about being awake and you want to fall asleep and that makes you not be able to fall asleep. So you're kind of working against yourself. And I think that's my biggest problem when it comes to bad night sleeps is just knowing that I need to fall asleep so that I have enough energy for the next day and then not being able to because I'm worried about falling asleep. Um, and then for a good night's sleep, I'd have to say a good example would be um, probably just a few days ago. I didn't really have anything planned the next day. I had um, a good active day, uh, went hiking and I feel like I used enough energy to where I didn't have, I wasn't tossing and turning or anything. And, um, you know, just got a good night's rest, didn't wake up very much, if at all. Um, and then the next day felt really refreshed and ready to go. How would you say your emotion, like, what did you feel like happy, sad, when the, or mad, uh, for these two different types of sleep, sleep qualities or the next day or yeah, the next day, um, when I had a good night's sleep, definitely more relaxed and um, a lot less irritable. When I had bad sleep, I was very irritable and just didn't want to be where I was at work. And, you know, everything just kind of made me frustrated and it was really hard to want to be motivated to do anything. So would you say that I know you said with a good night's sleep, you exercised that day and that made you kind of more tired and relaxed. Would you say that the days you had poor sleep, you didn't exercise? I did, but it was, I would be so tired when I went, because when I was, my job was pretty much exercise. Um, so when I went to work, I was already so tired and then I had to exercise for practically eight hours straight, um, just lifting heavy things and climbing up and down ladders and all that stuff. So it's a different kind of exercise. When you're exhausted and you're exercising, you're burning off even more energy that you don't have. And then I would come home and fall asleep during the day after I got off work around like noon or one thirty, And then I wouldn't be able to sleep the next night because I had slept all day. All right. So our next part is ways to improve sleep behaviors and um, have, how to have a good sleep environment. So some behavioral changes to help improve sleep patterns are going to bed and waking up at the same time, and this can help you get better rest and establish a routine. Uh, it's important to limit and avoid substances, um, such as like the intoxicating substances we talked about uh, in the last podcast, but this was alcohol, um, nicotine, like tobacco products, and uh, coffee, because coffee is a stimulant and that can keep you awake at night. Um, and then stress should be managed to help individuals get better rest, because if you have a high stress day, you're more likely to think about those problems at night and it can be really hard to go to sleep if you have all that on your mind. And then um, relaxing practices such as meditation can help with higher stress so you can get better sleep. So if you do have a higher stress day, think about like meditating and try and clearing your mind before you go to bed so you don't have anything to keep thinking about. And then 
Lastly, uh, limiting naps and participating in physical activity can increase sleep. Um, so you're more tired and you sleep through the night instead of waking up because you're more tired. And then uh, avoiding technology and screen use. You want to do this about one hour before bedtime. So no TVs, uh, no phones. Try to get uh, read a book or just relax in bed. And then uh, for creating a good sleep environment, this can create um, a better night's rest. And then some ways to do that is keeping the bedroom a restful environment. Uh, this should be dark, cool, and comfortable. And then uh, use the bedroom for sleeping only. So I know a lot of people have TVs in their rooms or their desks. So it's really important to try and move that out somewhere so that you're not thinking about, oh, I'm in my room and I should be watching TV or I should be working because you think of it as your work environment instead of it as your sleeping area. And then if you're not tired, you should stay away from your room until you're tired. So this can make you trick your mind into thinking oh my bedroom I'm in my bedroom and I'm tired now so try not to if you're not tired get away from your room until you feel tired all right so I'm gonna have you guys reflect and think about which of these habits do you participate in and which of these would you like to participate in or you don't and you think you should so right now just think about the positives right now which ones you do and what helps you fall asleep All right, Andrew, what positive sleep behaviors do you participate in or uh, if you do, what do you do? Um, so for the relaxing behaviors, if I'm having a really hard time sleeping, um, I will sometimes meditate. Um, it's something I learned while I was playing volleyball just to cool your, or, uh, calm down your nerves and clear your mind. Um, I know that a lot of people uh, like to really... Uh, go against meditation say it doesn't really do anything and um, you know it's just a waste of time and it doesn't help with anything but for me at least it really does it does help me calm down and de-stress and just clear out my all the thoughts that you know are just keeping you awake um, and then I also don't uh, have a tv in my room so that's really good for limiting screen time um, before bed, unfortunately, I do have a bad habit of getting on my phone, but at least I don't, uh, have a TV in here where I come in here and I watch TV instead of being in the living room. So I do limit some of my time in my room. Definitely. Do you play on your phone until you go to bed or do you, uh, right? Like an hour before, do you stop playing on your phone? No, I play on it right before I go to bed. Usually I'll come into my room, lay down and not be able to sleep and then I get on my phone and either like watch YouTube videos or play games or something until I'm tired but then that doesn't help because my brain is working and then I stay awake even longer <laughs> <laughs> all right now I'll give you time guys times uh I'll give you guys time to reflect upon what behavior changes or environmental like room changes that you would like to participate in more
All right, Andrew, so I know with your previous example of your poor sleep quality, you do participate in a lot of poor sleeping uh, behaviors. So what are some things that you would do on this list and like how would you do that? Um, well, I would want to definitely implement um, you know, less screen time before bed just because that is a bad habit I have. Um, and then probably... Uh, definitely the caffeine for the substances. I do work at a coffee shop and I close a lot of nights. So sometimes at work, right before I get off, I'll grab a coffee and make one for myself. Or um, I'll have one, you know, an hour before I close and then I come home and I can't sleep because I just had uh, a lot of caffeine and it keeps me up. So definitely that. Um, And then I think that's it. What about napping? I know you said that when you went to work at 3 in the morning, you would come home and nap. So would you like to limit those behaviors or have a shorter nap or try to fix your sleep schedule the night before? Um, I think I need to be... I, it's some of all of it. I need to limit napping altogether. And then I also need to um, set a time limit on if I do take a nap, if I really am just so tired I can't stay awake. Because I always end up, you know falling asleep and not setting an alarm or not having anything really planned so then I'll just sleep until my body decides I need to wake up and then I'll be groggy for the rest of the day and I just it it's not refreshing unless you take a short nap so that's that's a big problem I have too and then I also remember you said that you felt stressed um the night before you got to wake up early and that kept you up later uh do you have did you use meditation to help reduce your stress or did it not work very well in those cases? Or is there something that you'd try to do to fix that now? No, it really, it does work. Um, especially when you're trying to fall asleep, it just reduces that stress and really helps you relax. Um, I haven't done it very much as often anymore because I do, uh, if I'm really having trouble falling asleep, I'll just take melatonin. But I do think that it is a better, uh, it's a better way to fall asleep than using some kind of medication if you can do it. Because no matter what medication you're doing, if you can uh, find a natural way to do that, it's probably better for you. All right. Well, thank you for sharing. So our next part of our lesson is talking about mental health. So. Mental health is emotional, psychological, and social well-being. Mental health usually determines how someone feels, thinks, and acts, as well as manages uh, stress, relationships, and choices. And then stress can be defined as a degree to which you feel overwhelmed or unable to cope as a result of pressures that are are unmanageable. And then um, positive activities can lower stress and build a stronger mental health. So for our next activity, this is more of a body image, like boost. Uh, You're going to get with a partner. And if you don't have anybody at home, you can always like do this at dinner or with a friend or something. But you're going to say two positive aspects about yourself. And then you're going to give compliments to your friend, your partner, whoever you want to talk to. And uh, this will boost uh, positivity and create self-love. And it is better for you to say two positive things about yourself because then the person who is hearing what you're saying about them 
will take it more seriously and actually believe you more because you know how to compliment yourself as well. So for myself, I like my laugh and I really appreciate my body because I can walk and I can get out of bed and I can exercise. So I really do appreciate that I have the opportunity to do those things. And then Andrew, what are two things you like about yourself? Um, I like that once I get my mindset to something, I can usually go through with it and have really good work ethic about it. Um, and then also just the amount of, uh, I guess, respect that I try to hold for people or, um, I don't know, I think respect is a really important thing to have. And I think that I am really good about respecting people and, um, just giving them the chance that they need before not judging them before uh, I really get to know them and having that respect for their uh, their own individual personality and then uh, two things I like about you is you're very caring you like help people all the time when they're in need Uh, you'll drop everything for somebody because they need your help or they're having uh, a bad like mental state and you're always there for somebody when they need it Um, So you're very caring to others. And then I also love your laugh because whenever you laugh, it just makes me feel like I'm funny and that you really are happy. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And then for you, I really like how you motivate me to get out and do things and be active and go have fun instead of just sitting around and doing nothing all day. Um, and then, you know, always, uh, being there for me, whether I'm having a bad day or even having a good day, you're just there to add positivity and always, uh, try to make me and yourself happy. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So I also want to talk about how you feel right now and how that made you feel. So what would you say you felt during this experience? It made me feel really good. Um, it made me smile a lot actually. Um, but no, I thought it was, it's nice. It's kind of refreshing. That's good. I felt that too. I'm smiling and I'm happy because you realize that you do love yourself and others love you too. And it really doesn't matter how you look. It's all about your personality. So thank you for participating with me in that exercise. So try us at home with your loved ones or with a friend. Um, and then you can really like feel how you guys feel about each other and just makes you happier. So our next instruction is the risks from mental health and where, where it stems from. So mental health can lead to mental disorders, and this may be short or long-term, depending on the treatment and conditions. Um, so mental illness can usually stem from really adverse life experiences, uh, like ongoing medical conditions. So this is like um, long-term diseases, or if you're in a hospital for a long time, that can really take an impact on your mental health. And then um, using intoxicating substances, so drugs, you can become addicted and then you feel like that's the only part of you that matters and you tend to lose others in that process. So that's another huge part of mental, of uh, things that can reduce positive mental health. And then um, there's biological factors, you may inherit it from somebody um, kind of thing. And then uh, being isolated, so not going out places, don't have a lot of friends, don't talk to your family, like that kind of stuff. Um, Even with the coronavirus right now, a lot of people are staying inside and a lot of people don't see their friends or their significant others or their parents and the grandchildren can't see their grandparents. 
So this is really taking a huge part of mental health, and it's really important to stay strong in these times. Um, and then mental health conditions or illnesses uh, can hurt your health. Um, having poor mental health can lead to poor physical health, and this can include um, getting type 2 diabetes, a stroke, and then uh, long-lasting symptoms. So, and it's really important to know that mental health isn't permanent. You can get help and you can fix it. So it's not something that you're just stuck with and you'll never be able to overcome. So it's important to have a good mindset and to get help from others. So the next activity I planned is just to help guide you guys to find a, a hotlines for mental help. Uh, if you do have a mental disorder or mental illness or something, I would definitely go talk to a therapist or find someone who can help you. And then uh, if you need extra help, like in the moment, you can uh, always call 911 if it's an emergency. Or you can go to mentalhealth.gov and you can locate the suicide prevention lifeline. Um, there's treatment referral helpline. Uh, for veterans, they have a crisis line. Um, you can get immediate help from people. So you can really just find what phone number you need and I know there's more on other websites they have a local hotline so if you need to call somebody that's in your state or town you can do that as well so it's important to know that if you need help you can get help and don't be afraid to get help because that is not a part of life and you should be happy always so our next part of our lesson is acquiring a stronger mental health so, as I said before, mental health is not permanent, and it can change over time. Uh, it's important to seek professional help uh, if you have any mental health issues. Um, some ways to boost your mental health are hanging out with others, uh, staying strong in other health categories, so having a good night's rest, uh, eating well, and participating in physical activity. Um, those can all help you boost your mood and make you feel better. And then uh, staying positive and then developing good coping skills. So if you're stressed out, take some time to relax. Um, if you have a Fitbit, they have a like two-minute breathing uh, segment that you can do. And if you're mad about something, take about 24 to 48 hours to respond about how you feel. Because then you're not all like wound up and you're not mad. So... It's important that you know how to use good coping skills. And then our next practice is a guided meditation video. So I found this. You can find a meditation on YouTube or on certain apps. Um, I found a five-minute meditation um, that it says you can do anywhere. So if you have, if you need to, be, if you're at work or something and you need a quick breather, you can always just wear headphones and. Uh, you can listen to this for five minutes but uh we're going to listen to this and this is by goodful and then um we'll see how we feel after so hey there and thanks for gifting yourself these next few minutes it's important to remember that you're a priority and allowing yourself even just a few short minutes of intentional reflection can really have a positive impact on the rest of your day so let's use these next few minutes to come back to center and set an intention for the rest of your day. Move into a comfortable position, whether you're seated at your desk at work or laying on the couch at home, 
and gently close your eyes and shift all of your attention onto your breathing, taking slower, deeper breaths than you've taken all day so far, taking a deep breath in through your nose and slowly letting it out through your mouth. And continuing to breathe that way, feeling your lungs expand out as you inhale and contract back in as you exhale. Tune into your body, noticing how it feels, noticing if there's anything that it's trying to tell you. Notice any place of tension or tightness in your body. Give those areas permission to relax, sending love into those areas. Thank your body for taking such good care of you and let it know that it's okay to rest and relax for these next few minutes. You may notice that your mind starts to wander off. That's okay. That's natural. Just notice it and bring your attention back to your body using your breath as your anchor. Try to picture one thing that's happened today that's made you smile or made you thankful or appreciative. And just let that feeling fill you up for a moment. Breathe that feeling in from the top of your head to the tips of your toes. And allow yourself to smile if that feels natural. Now focus on something that you can do today, whether it's for yourself or for someone else, that will allow you to continue feeling this way. It could be something as small as deciding to go to bed early tonight so that you have time to finally read that book that's been on your bedside table. Or the joy of getting dinner with a close friend. What's one little thing you can plan for your day to bring that intentional joy to it? Now just focus on that for a few minutes. Sit in that feeling of joy and peace. Let's take a few more deep breaths together, a deep breath in, feeling your lungs expand out as you inhale, and everything contract back in as you exhale. Again, an even deeper breath than the one before it, holding that breath for a beat, and exhaling everything out. last time your deepest breath yet sending that breath through your entire body 
exhale it out and in your own time slowly bring your awareness back to where you are and thank yourself for taking these few minutes to just be intentional and kind to yourself and when you're ready you can gently open your eyes and enjoy the rest of your day Alright, so I hope all of you who are listening are relaxed, and hopefully you appreciated that. Uh, Andrew, how do you currently feel right now? I feel really good. I feel pretty relaxed. Uh, Would you say that there was any negatives to this video? Not really. Um, It's short, it's simple, it's not hard to do. Like it says, you can pretty much do it anywhere. Um, Yeah. And then, did you feel like you were, like, about to fall asleep, or... Yeah, definitely. And I feel like having a background of doing meditation and knowing what it feels like, um, it definitely helps me be able to really relax and, uh, you know, clear my mind. Um, I've many times been meditating and just fall asleep, and that's completely fine because you're still relaxing your body when you do that, and, um when you're, I know that when you're listening to something like this, instead of just meditating by yourself in a room where it's quiet and there's nothing really going on, if you fall asleep, your brain is still processing what you're listening to. So even though it might not be fully understanding what's going on, you're still listening to that voice and you're still relaxing and uh, it it really helps you relax even more, even if you do fall asleep. So it's it's really good for meditation to have like a guide while you're doing it, if you're new. Well, those are some great points. And I think it's really important to see that with just five minutes, that's how you felt. Mm-hmm. And it only takes five minutes for you to actually like help yourself. So it's always important to take time in your day for yourself and your body and not always like focus on everything else it's just time to focus on yourself so that's a great point all right andrew um do you have any questions about the content or about sleep or mental health um that you have for me um i guess when it comes to the um substances other than caffeine because that's the only one i've really been um or i've had affect me when it comes to sleeping what are some ways that they can affect you and how uh, how in the long term can that have negative effects? That's a great question. So I'm going to go over um, all of these substances because although you have, you know stuff about coffee, some of our viewers might not. So we'll start off with caffeine. Uh, you can find caffeine in coffee, tea, soft drinks, chocolate um and then there's like caffeine tablets so just um to put it in perspective um it depends on the strength of coffee you drink so instant coffee has the lower amounts decaffeinated coffee has the lowest um brewed and iced coffee have more caffeine and then um so all these are so ca- decaffeinated is like 2 to 4 milligrams and then um instant coffee to brewed coffee 
and iced coffee can all be around 65 milligrams to 350 milligrams. And then um, tea has, herbal tea has uh, 0 to 3 milligrams, green tea has 30 to 50, and then normal tea has 50 to 70 milligrams. And then uh, soft drinks, such as like Coke, Pepsi, or something similar, has 50 milligrams. Uh, Red Bull has 80 milligrams for a 250 milliliter. And then um, chocolate can have 20 to 60 milligrams per 200 milligram serving. And uh, dark chocolate is better for you, but it does have more caffeine. And then um, cocoa or hot chocolate can have up to 10 to 70 milligrams per cup. And there's also like caffeine tablets and a regular strength tablet is 100 milligrams. So a great tip with coffee is that you, if you have a normal... Um, a normal like day schedule and you go to bed at like eight to ten o'clock ish that kind of time you should stop drinking uh caffeinated drinks like coffee around 2 p.m um so and caffeine is a drug that it acts as a stimulant um for both like mentally and physically um and it's in a lot of things in everyday life like drinks and food and then uh it can make you harder to go to sleep. Uh, it can make you sleep more light, and so you can wake up more often during the night. And then uh, you might have to go to the bathroom during the night because you're drinking these kind of drinks. So it's more, you fill up with more liquids during the night. And then uh, it takes about an hour for caffeine to like hit you. Um, so, and this can last for four to six hours. And it takes your body about 24 hours to completely eliminate these substances. So this stops people from going to sleep because of that. And then, um, so you should definitely limit it at, I would say around 2 o'clock. But the Sleep Health Foundation suggests at least uh, 4 hours before going to bed. And then, um, and then your, a balanced diet can help improve your energy and sleep. Uh, having meals at the same time each day can help with your body clock as well and then you should allow like two to three hours before your last main meal to go to bed and you can always have a small bedtime snack and then you also want to avoid alcohol if you do end up drinking it at least four hours before going to bed and then um nicotine is also another stimulant and it can help you it can actually make you uh make it more difficult to go to sleep and to stay asleep so some and alcohol will definitely affect sleep and then you may feel sleepy and you may think that alcohol may aid in your sleep but it really does disrupt your sleep later um during your second half of the night sleeping um if you drink alcohol you may have more frequent awakenings night sweats nightmares and headaches and that can make it a lot less restful and it will help. It will make you uh, wake up more during the night. And then uh, binge drinking will um, can affect your melatonin levels for up to a week. Cause, and then melatonin is the sleep pill that can help you, or not the sleep pill, but it can make you feel, um, it can help you uh, sleep better and regulate your body rhythm. So like Andrew said, he takes a pill that it helps increase that so he can stay asleep longer and not wake up during the night. And then if you use nicotine or if you smoke um, right before sleep, you also may feel that 
this can be relaxing, but it's really not the case. Um, nicotine is a stimulant, and it makes it harder to fall asleep and to stay asleep. And if you are a smoker, it should be... Um, you should definitely, at least two hours before bed, not smoke, but you should really try to avoid smoking at all costs and try to get rid of that. So does that help you with your answer? Yeah, definitely. And do you have any other questions? Um, I don't really think so. Okay. So now we are going to, you're going to review what we just talked about um, through our whole lesson. And my the program is really based about all of these aspects connecting with one each other. Um, so mental health and sleep, physical activity, nutrition, and all those things. Um, so I want you to reflect about the learnings that you had between sleep and mental health and how you um, how you feel these connect with one each other. And then um, you can give your personal experiences or um, any knowledge that you have learned throughout this lesson. So I'll give you guys some time to reflect. Okay, Andrew, so how have you felt that sleep and mental health have, like, are compared or, like, intertwined with one another? Um, I think they pretty, they go hand in hand, really. Um, for me, it's more of my sleep affecting my mental health. Um, usually whenever I don't get enough sleep, I'll really, uh, get more stressed out. I have had problems with things like mood swings or um, anything like that when I just don't get enough sleep on a regular basis because I will be stressed out with you know school and studying and work and trying to balance all those things really does affect your mental health and when you don't have enough sleep to get the recovery you need to be able to really think about those things and balance them out it just affects it even more um that's just in my case. Usually my mental health doesn't affect my sleep as much as the other way around, but I can definitely see how it could affect somebody, especially, you know, if somebody has something like, let's say, anxiety or uh, depression, they they could have a really hard time, uh, you know, going to bed and falling asleep and getting comfortable enough to fall asleep or getting out of bed and not getting too much sleep. Um, so... I think they they both work hand in hand, and when you have them both uh, in a good place, it's really, really beneficial, but if one of them is lacking, it's going to really affect the other, and it can really be detrimental to somebody's mental health. That's a fabulous answer. Um, have you felt that you've had any like mental disruptances that are like really big in your life that has affected your sleep? So this could be like a passing of a loved one or like losing um a friend or something of the sort um not not to that extreme but definitely like uh losing a friend in the sense of not seeing them anymore and they're a changed person and you you want them to be the per like the good person that you know them to be and they're just going down a bad path and seeing that happen to somebody uh 
really can affect mental health, and I know that it did for me um, a few times, but uh, yeah, it can really lead to some not great things with your mental health, which then again affects your sleep. Uh, so yeah, I've had experiences like that, definitely. Would you say that somebody else's poor mental health has like rubbed off on you into you having a, a less positive mental health? Um, I wouldn't say that way, but I would say vice versa, where somebody that I know has a really good mental health when I'm not in a great place. And um, it can really help me even just being around somebody like that when I'm, you know, sad or angry. Uh, being around that positive energy really helps me get out of that, uh, that darker place. Well, I think it's a really important point to bring up that if you are trying to help somebody who has um, a less positive mental health than you and you're trying to help them, it's important to stay positive because you can rub off on them and hopefully that can aid in their uh, path to recovery. So I think it is very important that everybody stays positive. Can and I add something to that? Yes, you can. Um, and it is important on that side, but again, on the flip side, if you are struggling with uh, things that are related to your mental health, uh, especially depression, I know can be really difficult for some people to go and see other people, but that is one of the most beneficial things you can do if you're struggling with these things is being around positive people and um, really seeking out that help because if you're hiding it from people, nobody ever is ever going to know. They're not going to be able to help you. You have to be the one to come out and look for that help. And once you do, um, even though it may not feel like anything can help your situation, there's always something that can make it better. And even just finding that person that you can talk to and that positive light can really, really help your mental state. So I think it goes both ways, definitely. All right. Thank you for answering that. Uh, so now we're going to take some time and we're going to think about all of the other pod. If you tuned into other podcasts, uh, we're going to think about how all of these uh, health uh, categories have intertwined with one another and they all are connected in one way or another. So take some time to think about that and then we'll share in a little bit. Okay, Andrew, so how would you say all of these categories connect with one each other? Um, I guess I would say that, uh, the biggest ones that connect for me at least are uh, nutrition and um, mental health, kind of. I think my mental health affects what I choose to eat a lot sometimes. Uh, if I'm not feeling great mentally, I might just, you know, not want to do anything and go and grab something from a fast food place like I was talking about in the last podcast. Um, and it's kind of a vicious cycle where you get into this place in your head where you don't want to do anything and help your body. So you go and you get this bad food for you, which makes you feel worse because it's not nurturing your body how you need and it's not helping you, uh, get out of that place so you go even deeper into the mental health problem and it's just a vicious cycle that uh you eventually have to get yourself out of or it'll just continue forever um and then 
also sleep with the whole uh, eating thing, you, if you're exhausted, the same thing, you don't want to go and you don't want to spend the time making a meal, which affects your nutrition, which affects your mental health, which affects your sleep, which affects how much you want to go to the gym and work out and your physical activity. So it really all is intertwined. And it's, it's like if you, uh, it's like a house of cards. If you take one out, everything's going to crumble. So you really need to have all of those uh, pieces in there to uh, have a successful overall health. So during your normal lifestyle like you discussed earlier uh how how do you feel like what subjects do you feel that you are doing great in and which ones that you were falling short of um i think definitely i'm falling short in the sleep aspect um i just with in my normal day-to-day routine on a normal day um I just don't give myself enough time to rest and recuperate at night. And I kind of sabotage myself with, like you are talking about, the screen time and the uh, making your room a relaxing space and you should only be in there when you're tired. Um, I don't do a great job of that, so that really affects my sleep, which, like I said, affects everything else. Um, And then for a positive area, I think I do really good in... um, in physical activity um not recently but usually I'll uh, I'll be pretty good about going out and being active and going to the gym and uh just keeping my body moving um which really helps with my sleep at night like I was saying earlier that I struggle with so the more active I am, the better sleep I get, which in turn helps me have better mental health, which makes me more motivated to uh, make my own food or go somewhere healthier and make better decisions um, and all that kind of stuff. And I think that the whole mental health thing also helps a lot with making life decisions. Um, Like recently, I was not in a great uh, state mentally. So I kept going to my old job and not having a great time there. I really didn't like my management and all that stuff. And it was really affecting my mental health. And I finally ended up leaving that job and going to the job I'm at now where, um, you know, no job is perfect. There's still going to be struggles, but I'm so much happier there. And the people that I work with are much, much better. So it, your life decisions also affect all of these things, but At the same time, your uh, mental health and your energy levels affect the decisions that you make. So even though um, your life decisions isn't really a category when it comes to health, I think that's also another really important thing to take into consideration when you're talking about your actual health. That's a great answer. So how would you feel? How do you feel now with the whole coronavirus? So you're not working you don't have to go to school, you have online school. Do you feel like that any of these categories have improved or worsened through this whole experience? Um, I wouldn't say improved or worsened. I would say changed. Um, mostly because I still do, I have stress about different things and I, uh, my diet has changed because of the whole thing. Like right now, I'm not stressed about school because I can do it whenever I want. And I'm not stressed about going to work because, uh, 
I'm having enough time to like my work shut down and I have enough time to do everything else in my day. But at the same time, I'm also not, I don't have an income. So it makes it really hard to do things like go out and buy healthy foods or to pay my driver's insurance or uh, save money for the future and stuff like that. So I think it's a different kind of stress and a different kind of, or a different way that everything is affected. So I wouldn't say that it's better or worse. I would just say it's changed. That's a great answer. So you just feel like that there's different stuff you stress about now and then you just have to like live a little differently because of the change. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything kind of just moved around and changed. It's not really like it got better or worse. Of course, for some people right now, it's much, much more difficult. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have, you know, a stable home that I'm staying in and my parents are still working so they can still provide for us. But I know a lot of people right now are really struggling and that's really affecting so many people's mental health and they're not able to, you know, have that income so that they can get that healthy food or, um, you know, pay for those bills and stuff. So right now is a really hard time for a lot of people. And I think that, uh, mental health and, uh, nutrition and sleep and everything is really important right now, uh, especially with everything that's going on. And then I know you liked going to the gym a lot when it was still open. So would you say that you've continued your physical activity or has that changed? Um, I think it's, it's definitely, I'm less active, but at the same time, I'm taking in less food because I'm not um, being as active and I'm uh, sleeping less, not less, but uh, in relation to how much I'm being active, it's about the same because I'm not using as much energy, so I'm not as tired as often. Um, so those things have stayed in relation to each other, have stayed about the same, but I am overall not as active, which of course leads to a more sedentary lifestyle, which isn't great. So that is one thing that I can't wait for all of this to be over for. <laughs> I can't wait to go back to the gym and be active. Um, of course, there are alternatives. I can go running and I can do body weight exercises at home and I can go hiking or on a bike ride, but it is, I think, harder to be motivated to do those things when you don't have a set schedule um, of what you have to do. So I think um, it really has affected my physical activity levels uh, a little bit. Well, thank you for reflecting on your life and everything you have learned throughout our three podcast. Um, it is very important that you guys that if you're struggling right now it is try to make a new lifestyle out of it because everybody had to set schedule before of oh I have work I have to go to school at this time I have to work out at this time because you're all basing off your lifestyle but now you kind of have to change that and I know it can be really hard sometimes for students to try and stop doing their homework because you have a school like anxiety kind of which is something that I have a hard time with where I feel like I need to get everything done as soon as possible and I can't do anything else until I want it done um so I think it's important that you limit I'm gonna do school from this time to this time or I'm gonna do one assignment at this time and another at this time and then I'm gonna be active at this time and I'm gonna eat during these hours so you can try to get a uh, consistent lifestyle going even though you don't want to keep it uh, permanently, but just for during these times. So uh, with scheduling, we are going to try to stay consistent for the week. And um, we're going to create a time that you would prefer to go to sleep and a time you'd like to wake up at. 
to achieve um, your seven to nine hours or more or less, whatever you guys need in your life. Um, and if you participate more in an active lifestyle, you're going to need more sleep. So I just want you to think about a time that you'd like to stick to and it, um, to go to bed and wake up each day. So I'll give you some time to reflect on that. All right, Angie, what did you come up with? Um, so because I do still have some assignments that I have to get done um, during my class periods, I do have uh, two classes that are scheduled on different days for 7 a.m. So I do still want to be getting up around that time, which means I would have to be going to bed between 11 and midnight um, to you know keep that steady schedule going so that I can uh, get enough sleep while also getting those assignments in and those quizzes done um, on time and making sure that I have the right amount of sleep. All right. And then would you use any of those tips for sleeping that we mentioned earlier that you think that might help you achieve that? Definitely. I think um, limiting my screen time, I'll try to do more of. Uh, meditation um, is really a helpful thing for me that I need to start doing again. Uh, making my room not a study room is really hard right now because everyone is home all the time and the house isn't really quiet, but uh, maybe going out in the backyard and doing homework or uh, going to just a different room in the house so that I'm not in my room thinking so hard all the time and uh, making it more of a place of work than a place of rest. All right, those are some great tips that I think will help you a lot. So now we're going to do our three, two, one ticket again. And so just... You have to list three or more ideas that you've learned, uh, two or more questions or concepts you didn't understand, and then one idea that you're going to implement in your daily life lifestyle. So as you reflect on these, I'm going to talk about um, a little assignment you guys can do at home. So after just reviewing this podcast, I want you guys to think about the tips and uh, the benefits and risks of all these in mind, and I want you to log what time you fall about what time you fall asleep and uh what time you wake up each day to see if you're getting consistent amount of sleep and i also want you to write down your emotions for the day or like a quick journal um they have some great apps for this um if you if you have a fitbit or an apple watch you can record your sleep and then you can get that from there or uh there's some uh, journal apps where you can say oh i felt good today or i felt bad and you can say why you felt this way but I want you guys to see if you can, if your sleep affects your mood. So if you had six hours of sleep or five hours of sleep and you had a poor day, maybe it was because of your sleep. And then if you had a good night's rest, you might have a more positive day. So try to reflect upon noticing your mood and your mental health based on uh, your sleep, how much sleep you get and the quality of your sleep. So Andrew, what are three concepts you have learned during this podcast um i think the idea of uh making your room not a place of work and making sure that it's a place of rest and sleep and recovery is really important and something that i didn't really ever think about before this um and that uh it is really important to do that um and also how all of these things do really 
uh, coincide with each other. Um, I know I said it on the other podcasts and how they all really affect each other, but every time we talk about these things, it really does reinforce and make me think about, you know, how mental health is related to your diet, which is related to your sleep and everything else in your life. So I think that's another thing that I learned a lot about over these three days of doing podcasts about all of uh, everybody's overall health. Um, and then I guess the last thing that I learned would have to be probably, you know, the different options for people that do need to, uh, reach out for help when it comes to mental health. And if you're really, really struggling with it, you know, you always have your family and they're, and your friends, and there are also organizations you can reach out to and therapists and the hotlines and all of that stuff. I didn't know about all of uh, the organizations and everything. So I think that that's also another really, really useful thing for people to know about. All right. And then are there any more questions or unclear concepts that you had? Um, I, let's see. I don't really think there are. I think everything was explained pretty well, honestly. All right. And then what is one thing that you're going to take away from this? Um, I think definitely using some of the uh, techniques for having a better sleep schedule and keeping a consistent one. Um, the biggest one for me is going to be limiting technology and screen time before bed. Um, it's something I do every single night that I really has been reinforced and it's a habit now that uh, I need to break. So I think that'll be super, super useful um, and really help me with all the other aspects of my life. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Andrew, thank you so much for reflecting on uh, your life and telling us your stories about um, these different health categories and what you have experienced in your life and what you're struggling with and like what you need help with, because that's something really hard for people to like say about themselves that they need help in categories. So I just want to say thank you again for being a part of our podcast this week and just for all of you guys at home to reflect about the importance of each subject and physical activity and nutrition are not the only important parts of health that everything is very important so take your schedules and take your journals and uh make that part of your life and help yourself uh, manage these aspects more so thanks again for being here yeah no problem thanks for having me it was a lot of fun all right